The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. In this episode of Squiz Shortcuts, we're looking at the US-Iran relationship. We talk about what is going on with Iran and its dealings with the West at least weekly in the Squiz Today podcast at the moment. So in order to help you understand why the relationship between those two nations in particular is so significant for the world, we'll go through why Iran is strategically important. We'll take you through the history of the US-Iran relationship, why the US walked away from a recent nuclear deal with Iran and some other tensions that have foreign affairs and military experts worried. Squeeze Shortcuts is your shortcut to more than the headlines. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. To start with, let's get a quick snapshot of the country of Iran, or officially the Islamic Republic of Iran. It's bordered to the east by Afghanistan and Pakistan, to the south by the Persian Gulf and the Gulf of Oman, and to the west by Turkey and Iraq. It's actually the second most populated country in the Middle East after Egypt, and with more than 82 million people, it's the 18th biggest country in the world. Previously referred to as Persia, what is now known as Iran is home to one of the world's oldest continuous major civilizations. So plenty of history there, but for the purpose of this shortcut, it's modern times we're focused on. Its history is incredible, but its power today really comes from its geography uh, and that population that it has in that region. So given that, if you put aside all of the issues that we'll touch on a little bit later around its political character, uh, about its conservatism and that association with that Islamic Republic and the revolution that came after all of that, it really is a big country in a very important region. So then you get into probably what we think about more when we think about the tensions there, and that's its blessing of natural gifts. It has the third largest reserves of oil in the world, as well as being the second largest producer of natural gas. So yeah, a really big player in that space. And when it comes down to it, oil and gas really was the reason why in the 1950s, the US and Britain became heavily involved in the politics of Iran. Let's gallop through this history in the next segment. It was 1951 when Mohammad Mozadi was democratically elected to lead Iran. One of his policies was a move to nationalise Iran's oil supply. Significant because until that time, Britain largely had control over Iran's oil, given the company we now know as BP had been extracting oil there since the start of the century. And it was 1953 when the US and British intelligence agencies orchestrated a coup to oust Mozadi. That's right. Very long story short, deals were done and the West was able to continue to do business with that new regime. That new regime you refer to was one that saw the Shah or King have much more control. And whilst, as you say, things were going okay internationally, there was significant unrest within Iran. Concerns grew about the brutal and oppressive nature of that new regime, as well as the economic issues that it was facing. There were shortages of food, shortages of energy, rising inflation. After more than a decade of unrest, the Shah was forced into exile at the end of the 1970s. A referendum then created the Islamic Republic of Iran that ended the rule of the monarchy in that country and replaced what was then a a pro-Western authoritarian system with a government that had an anti-Western theocracy. That all happened in 1979 and it's known as the revolution. 
And it was during that revolution that relations between the West and Iran really broke down. One incident that people of a certain age will clearly remember was when the US embassy in Iran was seized by protesters. They held American hostages inside for 444 days. There's been movies about that US embassy crisis and probably the best known movie was Argo made by Ben Affleck. I haven't seen it. It's Fantastic. You have to see that. There's Claire's recommendation right there. (laughs) Yeah, put it on your list. It's it's a great movie. Galloping forward a little bit further, it was then in 1984 that the US Department of State added Iran to its list of state sponsors of terrorism and that really kicked off a round of difficult relationships between Iran and the US and also many other Western nations. And of course, though quite some years on, one notable call out by the US was after the 9-11 attacks. US President George W. Bush denounced Iran as being part of an axis of evil with Iraq and North Korea. And that really brings us to this century and more recently, the nuclear deal between Iran and the rest of the world. It was towards the end of 2013 when the US, along with China, France, Russia, the United Kingdom and Germany, signed a historic nuclear deal with Iran. What was the significance of this deal? So Iran's nuclear capabilities have long been a source of angst for the Western world. In fact, when things were going quite well between Iran, the US and the UK, there were quite a lot of conversations about their capabilities in that space. But when we skip forward looking at 2004, there was a discovery of secret nuclear facilities in Iran and that kicked off a round of engagement with the Mm. West. Lots of ups and downs in that engagement. There were talks that started, talks that were abandoned missiles that were tested by Iran. It was really such a fraught time then. It was after all those talks and in 2015 when it looked like an agreement would finally be struck. And it was. And what was decided was that there would be an agreement in place between those countries that you mentioned before and Iran that effectively limited Iran's nuclear program. It reduced its enriched uranium stockpile and also allowed international inspectors in to have a look at what they were doing to make sure that it was being monitored. So that was signed under Barack Obama. Of course, Donald Trump was elected in 2016. And it was last year that Trump walked away from that deal. And he'd said during that election campaign that that was something that he intended to do. He had serious doubts about Iran's compliance with that program. He also thought that it was just a a very bad deal done by a president that he thought had rolled over and allowed Iran to get way more liberties than it should have had. So Trump announced that the US was walking out of that deal. That has really upset those partners, that China, France, Germany, Russia, the UK, they're still trying to hang in there and make that deal work. But Donald Trump, he's upped the sanctions on Iran. And that, again, is where we are around this friction between the two countries. There's been plenty of tit for tat between the US and Iran really all year. And that's what's been dominating the news headlines. It's what people listening will be familiar with. Let's whip through where we're at now. Let's have a look at some of the examples of that tip for tat. In May and June this year, so this 2019, commercial oil tankers were seized in the Gulf region with the US blaming Iran. And in June, Iran shot down a US drone that claims was in their airspace, of which the US denied. So we'll put a link into the notes where you can pull up a great article again from the BBC who do amazing work in this space where it shows very clearly a map about how that all works. We're talking about the Strait of Hormuz. When you look at the geography around that space, you can see Iran to the north. And then when you look at the Strait and then south, 
there's territory then divided between Saudi Arabia and Iran and it's a critical shipping uh, little channel there where a good bunch of the world's oil comes through. So Just a little channel, <laughs> just a small channel that's like crucial to the world's oil <laughs> exactly. movement. Exactly. It's a pinch point and that's where Australia has uh, agreed to be part of a coalition that the US has put together that will patrol that straight and make sure that commercial tankers are able to actually get that oil into the broader network. And more recently, of course, we've had the drone attacks on oil facilities in Saudi Arabia, of which the US is blaming Iran. Why Saudi Arabia has been targeted, as you say, the US says that Iran is actually responsible for that, is that there's an Islamic rift between Saudi Arabia and Iran. Saudi Arabia is Sunni dominated. Iran is Shia dominated. There's quite a big difference between those two sects of the Islamic faith. Yemen is all part of this. There's a civil war that's playing out in Yemen at the moment. The government is being backed by Saudi Arabia, who is being backed by the US. The Houthi rebels are being backed by Iran. So there's almost a proxy war that's being played out there. And the US, of course, is a very big player in that. And that's why it's keeping a very close eye on Iran, Mm. because there's all sorts of regional tensions. So there's a whole nother shortcut in the regional politics of the Middle East, which we're not going to go into right now. (laughs) But I think that that helps people get an understanding of why there's sort of this Saudi v Iran narrative playing out in the news, particularly noting, as you said, that the US and the UK are allies of Saudi Arabia. And it's such a fascinating backstory of history that it really comes from very deep and long and complicated relationships. And that's your shortcut to the US-Iran relationship as it stands now. Each episode of Squiz Shortcuts, we try to give listeners a recommendation on further reading, listening or watching. I found a short video from Vox about the Cold War in the Middle East that gives good context on the Saudi Arabia-Iran tension. It breaks it down really simply and it's a, a little bit of fun as well. I've got a bit of a different one. There's a movie called A Separation, which is an Iranian movie. It won, I think, an Oscar. It's one of my favourite movies of all time, but it's a really interesting snapshot into life in Tehran. Subtitles and all? Subtitles and everything. Okay, black and white? Not black black and white, I can faithfully report. (laughs) But you'll feel very arty for watching it. Well, there you go. There's a written version of this up on our website. Also, we hope you're finding these shortcuts useful. Please get in touch with any feedback and particularly if you have an idea for a shortcut, our email is hello at thesqueeze.com.au. Until next time.